Hey now, and welcome to the Elevate Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Rob Harden Anderson, and I am the fitness and wellness manager at the resort at Playa Vista, and I work for Elevation Corporate Health. And in each episode of this show, I'm going to be having a conversation with folks from all different walks of life about how to elevate yourself. It is my hope that these conversations will make you think, force you to change your best, and as a result, help you get a little bit closer to becoming the best version of you. Today's episode is sponsored by Iconic Protein, your go-to when you are on the go. Iconic Protein is grass-fed protein. Iconic fuels the day with convenient, nutritious snacks that never compromise taste. I love this brand, and they have been a huge champion for us at the resort, at our Fit Expo. They gave us some delicious uh, green tea matcha protein for Mother's Day last year. Um, they've always been here for us, and now they are giving back to all of our listeners. They are giving you 15% off any order with code Elevation 15. Again, that code is Elevation 15 for 15% off your order. As I mentioned, I work for Elevation Corporate Health, and we have been in business for 26 years, creating customizable solutions for your fitness and wellness needs. From fitness management and online training to on site classes and integrated technology, we help small and large groups alike get healthy and stay engaged. You can learn more about us at elevationcorporatehealth.com. The resort at Playa Vista is a 25,000 square foot state of the art fitness center. 11,000 residents have access to our facilities. We offer personal training free group fitness classes, nutrition and wellness coaching, and much, much more. You can follow us on social media at Playa Vista Resort. Today on the show, I am excited to welcome Sean Marr of Cut and Sew. Sean is, um, he's not only a resident of Playa Vista, he's a personal training client of mine. Some of you may have seen him in the resort before. He always, he looks good. He feels good. Uh, he does good work. He's in there three times a week. He's always crushing the morning and then goes and crushes his day at work. Um, Cut and Sew is a, a collaborative team that they, they push the boundaries of the modern marketing agency and they, they challenge their clients to move at the speed of culture. They operate at the intersection of new media, innovation, technology, and culture. And this unique positioning allows them to identify, forecast, and dictate trends before they're happening, driving real growth opportunities for their clients. And they also, they just announced a new entity of the company called Zoned to help clients and brands capitalize on the growing gaming industry. Sean, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me, Rob. It's been a while since, uh, since we last, last spoke, huh? I know, I know. And I, I do think it's important to like timestamp what today is. This is going to come out um, in probably about a week or so, but today is April 21st and it has been, man. It's been uh, five weeks now since, um, since we've all been working from home. So, um, how are you doing with everything? Just being at home? I, I feel like you all have been just, just crushing it. Yeah. I mean, it's been crazy. You know, like we, um, assume, we, we kind of like had a little bit of like a, a feeling this was going to happen just as like early, like conversations started to, uh, started to, you know, rumble. We went to um, Chicago for NBA All-Star Weekend, and that's when the chatter started heating up. Um, people saying that it was going to be really cold out there and that the virus would be able to survive longer in the cold so that more people were going to get infected. And so I was already wearing um, a face mask, like, back in, in, in mid-February. Um, but then from there, like, just from being in the industry and, ha and having a lot of friends um, who are talent managers and talent, we started getting early, early rumblings that Coachella was going to get canceled. And we had a lot of uh, activations going on at South by Southwest. We started getting rumblings that all of those are getting canceled. So 
honestly, like early March, late February is when we started preparing for it um, from a business perspective. So we were able to hit the ground running as soon as uh, the, the government kind of issued that stay at home order. So you were able to pivot when it was all happening because you were ahead of it. That's, that's, that's smart. And I'm sure that, well, we'll get into that in a second, but I'm sure just knowing um, the work that you do overseas and everything and seeing it coming before everybody else here was, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, some of our, our clients from the UK were, uh, were freaking out about it a little bit earlier than, um, than the people in, in the US were, obviously, as they were getting uh, a lot of intel from Italy um, and being in such close proximity. So there was definitely, uh, I feel like there was, there was like just, we were just super slow to get information here in the US, but some people did and some people didn't. And, you know, ultimately that's where, that's what determined where we're at right now. Right. Um, I would say pl plans, I think it was Dwight Eisenhower, plans are worth this, but planning's everything. Um, so it sounds like you all um, were able to, your plans, are the, you were ready um, and were able to seize on it. Um, a question I always like to ask everybody off the top, um, and I'm, I, I, I didn't come up with this. I, I, I took this from, uh, you know, I love the coaching side of it. I, I took this from PJ Fleck, who's the head football coach at University of Minnesota. He likes to ask his recruits. Um, he always says, start at birth and go. Um, and he always thinks it's a great way to get, get to know an individual. So uh, I do this in hiring. And so I, I think it's a fun question. Um, you're here now in Playa Vista, but start at birth and go. How'd you end up here? Wow. Um, okay, let me think about the, the quickest route to get there. Um, <laughs> so, born in New York, um, went to uh, college in New York City. Um, after college, I really wanted to move to California, um, but I wanted to do it by, by way of uh, by driving across the country. So, myself and a friend, we drove across, across the country in the Jeep Wrangler. Um, 2,000 something miles, took us about two and a half weeks because we, we stopped along the way to see some friends. Moved out to LA, finally got settled in LA um, after a couple months of uh, you know exploring and then got recruited to a job out in Atlanta, which was, uh, which was bittersweet because I, you know, I'd been waiting for that moment my whole life to kind of come out here and see what was going on on the West Coast and then a, a job opportunity that was that was too good to pass up on pulled me out to Atlanta but that was kind of what made my career um, during those times working for this startup um, called Yik Yak which um, as an early employee um, was able to see kind of go through some some really big stages of fundraising including a, uh, a 60 uh, 68 million dollar round through Sequoia um, so we were uh, just a bunch of young kids and honestly like probably average age was like 22 23 years old and what was what was crazy about it was um we were marketing right to our demographic and we were being trusted with multi-million dollar budgets and um just really just given the autonomy to kind of to market the way that we saw fit which uh, was a really unique unique opportunity to be empowered at such like a a, a young age with minimal uh experience in in that regard and I think that's really what like set me up, um, you know, from both a career standpoint, and a confidence standpoint, to re to be able to uh, feel like I can attack any situation if I if I was given the opportunity to. And then from there, um, you know, really really was passionate about staying in the tech space. Worked with uh, companies like TechStars, and um, moved out to LA to kind of pursue uh, additional opportunities, which kind of brought me to where I am now. Um, as a, as a co-founder and partner in Cut and Sew. Wow. Um, so, dang. So what made you, I want to go to the Yik Yak. So what made you, like that opportunity was just too good. What, what made that so attractive to come all the way out here and then go, you know what, this isn't the plan right now. I'm going to Atlanta. Um, I think it was just, uh, it, it was just the, the market, I think the timing of the market and the product itself and just, I'm just looking at it and I remember just being with a friend and just being like, this is going to blow up, like for sure. And I think we can, you know, I think we could do it. I think we could be the ones that could do it. Um, 
and then just kind of like it was just a young kid looking for like that you know first real career opportunity and um and I was like super down to go out there like fly out there and see what was going on and like check it check everybody out and I just fell in love with the culture and the people and like the opportunity to um be around a, a, a bunch of people my age and to work on like a cool tech product at the time like I always tell people like at the time like the tech industry the startup industry was a kind of a hard concept to grasp um I remember showing my parents like my offer letter and them saying like this isn't real there's no way like that they would pay you this and and that's their job responsibilities like it just doesn't doesn't seem right um so like this was right around the time when Silicon Valley um the tv show was coming out and I think the world started to understand a little bit more in like a humorous way what the industry actually was and how impactful it was um so I was drawn to it and um it didn't hurt that my rent and light and, and cost of living probably went down a third or if not more um moving from LA to Atlanta uh it was a great time to be in Atlanta the city was booming um right smack dab in the middle of gentrification um young city probably one of the uh top post-grad cities um from all the you know the SEC colleges down sure. in south in the southeast so it was popping um it was just a really good opportunity um for me to for me to take and like i said i I think just like being able to be on the ground floor is something that um ultimately took off like that's an experience like what like win or lose that's an experience that um you can take forever no kidding and what made you okay so new york uh go to college what did you study and then coming out of college was tech where you were going when you came out to California or did we pivot somewhere? Uh, I guess a slight pivot. I was always interested in the internet um, and like the internet of things and just figuring out like how to uh, market to like a, a B2C consumer. Um, but I, I guess tech, definitely was slightly a pivot i went to school for corporate communications so it was like a it's basically a business uh, like half your workload is business half your workload is, is communication so um which is a pretty unique opportunity most college students have to pick between the two um and the university i went to baruch uh in, in new york city it's right next to NYU. Um, they were one of the few that actually offered that major, which is what drew me to it because I, I couldn't decide. And, it, and it was, I was afraid that if I went into business, I would um, be like these super smart in that regard, but I wouldn't have any, um, any communication skills. I wouldn't feel comfortable talking um, in public or uh, interpersonal or, um, you know, everything that comes with, with honestly doing business. Um, and then, so I, I kind of split the course a little bit up and, um, was able to sharpen some of those skills as well, which I feel like it really is kind of what made me who I am today. Um, and then ultimately, like, I just knew, like, I wanted to market a product to somebody and, um, I wanted to be able to have the freedom to do that out, outside of an office. So travel and do it in different markets and, and Yikyak really gave me that opportunity to do that. I, I ended up. Be, being able to travel to six different countries, um, launching their, their product, and also uh, pretty much hit almost every state in the U.S. for, for an extended period of time, too. Not even just like a drive-through, for like a, a minimum of like three to four days. That's an amazing opportunity. Um, what, I mean, I feel like you almost had to have a crystal ball or just have a really strong self-concept clarity in yourself to go you know what i'm not going the business route uh i really want to go to this internet side of things was there was did you have a mentor in college was there anybody that you had read about or what enabled you to kind of take that leap and go that route um i didn't honestly i didn't start having mentors until I was probably like 24, 25. It was a lot of trial and error. Um, There's a lot of like thinking that I, w- I wanted something 
trying it and realizing that I didn't and not being afraid to kind of pull the e-brake and, and, and pivot. I think like my life has been a big pivot just in general, but in a good way. Um, just like knowing when to hold them and knowing when to fold them really. Um, and not really wasting another, not really wasting a, a minute to, to overthink that type of situation, which I feel like is a characteristic of millennials that, um, I used used to get a lot of crap for from my parents is just like, it's not going to look good if you're, if you're flopping around from job to job. It's like, it's also not going to look good if I'm not happy. Um, and if I'm not able to get that type of experience, um, and somebody wants to give me that type of experience and, but the job is just not the right fit for me or the culture is not the right fit for me, then there's not that. I mean, personally, I didn't just didn't see a point in, in staying there. And I'm not saying like I bounced around from job to job, like month over month, but, um, I definitely like tried to sit, like say, okay, what have I tried? What have I not tried and go that direction. So it was almost like a sampler career back. And I mean, I did everything from, I was a literal, I was a literal mechanic for forklifts in college. Um, so like working at the Jacob Javits center. So that was like, I mean, to, to tell you like how completely different of a path I was on. Um, and I'm not saying like, I want, I, I wanted to be in that career field but I, di- I wasn't afraid to try anything um for the opportunity and and ultimately like being a mechanic at, at the J- java center that led me to being a web developer and, and, and a web development intern in the actual office of, of the java center so by day i would be like in a blue like mechanic suit and and, and like the, the second half of the day i'd be in you know uh, a suit to a degree um upstairs in the office like on the computer working on their website um, so like, I, I legitimately just wouldn't say no to anything as long as there's some sort of, of upside in it for me. And I think ultimately that's what allowed, allowed me today to kind of create a company that can touch so many different things because I, I feel like very, um, like educated on, uh, on a lot of different topics. No kidding. Cause you've freaking done it all. I mean, what, so then my next question is like, we talked about having that conversation with your parents and um, and them saying about bouncing around. I mean, where do you think that, because that takes a great deal of self-confidence in yourself to be like, you know what, I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work out, then I'm just going to move on to the next thing. I'm not going to worry about it. Um, where do you think that comes from? Is that just like innately in you from like the time you were a kid? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's actually a good question. I've never really put too much thought into it before, like why? I am that way. I guess there's a, there's a potentially some some uh, early childhood type experiences that that could correlate to it. I definitely bounced around from sport to sport. I think we talk about this yes. a lot when we're working out. But you know, I used to play baseball. I used to play basketball. I used to play played lacrosse. I played um, football, soccer, and not like but never the best at any of them. Honestly, in some situations, like I I, I didn't even start, but I was on the school team for all of them. Right. So in those scenarios, like I was, I was making a decision potentially like each year, like, you know, cause football and soccer would, would collide. And do you want to play football or do I want to play soccer or baseball and lacrosse would collide? Like, do you want to play lacrosse or do you want to play baseball? Where most people would just be like, I'm playing baseball. I'm starting in sixth grade and I'm playing through senior year. And obviously those are the type of people that start and, and play um, and potentially even go on to college and get, um scholarships but wasn't I was never like too concerned I was very just realistic with myself okay you're not going to go to college for this you're good <clears throat> you're you're above average um but this is just about having fun it's about trying new things um and meeting new people so I just thought you know I'm, a, I'm athletic um why can't I play lacrosse or I'm athletic why couldn't I play football even though I've been playing soccer my whole life and I think that kind of like translates to the career uh, where it's like, okay, I'm good at project management. Why couldn't I do project management for this events company, even though I've been doing project management for a web development company? Um, or, you know, I'm good at marketing. Why couldn't I market this product instead of this product? Um, and I think that's what, that's what like where I've drawn like all of my inspiration and my experiences is, is really just down to, um, like trying new things, um, just not being afraid to try new things and, and 
just kind of rolling with whatever comes with it, not, not setting too high of expectations for myself. Um, like I said, just being very realistic with what the outcome is going to be and, and accepting that and taking, taking each situation for what it's worth. Um, you know, it's like I'm, I might not be the best um, football player in all of New York, I'm going to make some cool friends. I'm going to get to try a new experience. I'm going to be able to look at a sport completely differently for the rest of my life um, and appreciate it differently and understand what kind of what, what hard work goes into it. But also, you know, I'm not going to forget about the things that I, that I, that I love and that I also like to do. Man, that takes such amazing self-awareness um, and the ability to – there's been a lot of studies that have been done on individuals that play multiple sports. I was in a similar situation where I feel like I played all the sports. And I, and I do think that that behooves me to this day, the ability to then um, work with folks from all different walks of life, because you have those experiences with different people. Um, but the big thing that you said, which I think is so cool is your ability to go, you know what, like, I'm pretty good, but I'm not, I'm not the best. And then like taking that information and let that translate into the next thing and being okay with failing. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. For sure. Um, tell us about, uh, so now you're, you, you finished um, Atlanta and now you come out to California to start cutting. So what was that like? What, propelled you to leave Atlanta to come start this to come co-found what were those steps like yeah I mean it was an interesting it was an interesting period right because Yikyak was like such a such a roller coaster um it had volcanic volcanic growth um it at one point like I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that like I thought I genuinely thought like I was going to become a millionaire off of it um, based off of the growth trajectory that it was having. Um, and then, and then it kind of like all just started like fizzling out to, to a degree, just started like plateauing, I would say it didn't fizzle out, but volcanic growth, like just started kind of just flattening. And when like a company bets on, when a VC bets on volcanic growth, they bet on volcanic growth. They, they, you know, they're not going to settle for mediocrity ultimately like that company sells off um sorry one second we have to cut that hey now um sorry so um so ultimately when a company bets on volcanic growth um they you know that's what they're that's what they're betting on they're not settling for mediocrity or, or a flattened a flattened curve um and when the company uh, sold off its assets to Square, I was like sitting in, in Atlanta and I was with a lot of people who are from Atlanta and from the, uh, from, from the East Coast, which, which I was as well, being up in the Northeast. And everyone was pretty committed to staying in Atlanta. I mean, like I said, it was going through a period where it, uh, it was going through a period where it, it had gentrification, the startup community was growing. Um, it was just experiencing the boom. So I think a lot of people wanted to, that were from there wanted to just ride it out and see what could come of it. But since I already had a taste of LA um, prior, I kind of knew like how far ahead um, it was for, in, in, from the industry standpoint and, and for where I wanted to be in my career. So it was just hard for me who, who like who had little allegiance to Atlanta outside of, you know, being there for the, for four years working to like, not want to come back to LA and, and give it a try after having that taste. And that's what drove me back was just like, just immense uh, curiosity of like, what if, what if I had stayed there? What if, you know, I go back type of scenario. And like six months after I, um, I, I headed back out to LA and I was in search of an opportunity that I could kind of like see myself playing in the sports music entertainment industry. Um, obviously being a fan of it again, just kind of going back to my mentality, like I'm a good marketer and I've been marketing uh, like a B2C mobile application and I've marketed everything, everything else in different categories. Why couldn't I step into the sports and music world? Obviously that's a little naive if you know the, the sports industry, the music world, because there's a lot that goes into it, a lot of nuances right. from but. relationships and everything. 
Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but you just go, why couldn't I? You know, it's like, I mean, I, I think most successful individuals have that attitude. You know, why couldn't that be me? Yeah, for sure. Um, I just, we always say like at Cut and Sew that we're not like too dumb to fail, but too naive to fail. Yeah. And that's kind of like was, what was the mentality that I had coming into it was just, um, I don't really know any better, but I know a lot about these two industries and I don't see why we couldn't take the startup mentality, um, which was like a fail, fail fast, um, agile type of mentality and apply that to, um, apply that to these industries that, that from my research and my conversations, like had a really traditional way of thinking. Um, and they were very set in their ways in which they did things. And I was just like very passionate about doing them differently. Um, and, and flipping the script a little bit. So that was like my intentions when I came out and I reconnected with uh, a lot of old friends. I have a lot of friends here now that uh, are from the East coast as well. Actually, um, admittingly, like almost all my friends from the, from LA are, uh, or in LA are from the East coast. Um, I don't have many like native California friends, which is weird. I don't know. I don't know why, but I think the East coast just draw themselves to each other. So I had like a good network of people out here now um, and just reconnected with uh, an old friend from high school and uh, met another kid along the way. And we just felt like our skills kind of um, complemented each other. And ultimately that's what like, gave us the confidence to go in and, and start something because we just felt like we, at that point we had accumulated like enough um, enough knowledge in all the places that we wanted to play where we could at least go out and try to do something on our own. So it's the three of you. You connect with a friend from high school, another friend, it's the three of you, and you go, we're going to start this company. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we were we were just basically like, we were still rolling off the momentum from, from Yikak, to be honest. Like, right. Because um, the kid – one of my partners, um, you know, he worked on, on Yik Yak early on with us as well. Um, but ultimately he came out to LA to kind of work at, to work at a big, um, advertising agency. Um, and I stayed at, stayed in Atlanta to ride out Yik Yak. But yeah, we were, we were riding that wave for sure. Um, there was like still a ton of inbound, um, that was coming in from the consumer, uh, the consumer space in, in mobile apps and marketing to millennials. And, um, we thought we could capitalize on that for a little bit longer. So in the, in the beginning, like we were just really like a mobile app consulting company. Um, we were working with a bunch of different, different companies and helping them kind of wrap their head around their go to market strategies and product marketing. And um, even like in some cases, deploying engineering resources and, and overseeing the product build. Um, but like that was just a way for us to get our feet off the ground. We wanted to get our, our toes dip our toes in the water of the sports and entertainment and the gaming industries out here. Um, Cause like at, at the end of the day, that's, that was what the decision was in Atlanta. It was like, stay here, um, work in like less sexy B2C space. There's not many like cool brands in Atlanta. Um, there's incredible companies, but they're not that cool to work with from a brand standpoint. Right. Um, you know, go back to New York live in New York city and do that whole thing or go to LA and, and work inside of industries that only LA really can give you or LA can give you the best of. So like for us, it was like, there was like two like filters. It was like, if we're not going to live by the beach and if we're not going to work in, in like the sports gaming and entertainment industry, then might as well stay in Atlanta. Um, Cause like <laughs> those are the two opposite things you have in Atlanta. Like you're landlocked and you don't really see a lot of those types of opportunities at the time you didn't see a lot of opportunities so um we flash forward to now and then what does i mean what does a day in the life look like for you it's i know we've talked before and you've been like man we've been at the office on a sunday and we're we're, we're working for this new thing is it kind of does your week is it kind of fluid or do you follow a pretty structured like i'm up at this time and then i know that at eight o'clock I'm doing this meeting and then I'm jamming into this. Um, or is it kind of just 
it all depends on the project and what's going on. Um, it, it's, it definitely depends on the project and what's going on. Um, I mean, at its core, like Cut and Sew is really like a consulting agency. So, um, and, and we have such a diverse set of skills that we could find ourselves in so many different types of scenarios of, of projects and, and, and retainers that um, no two weeks are really the same. And ultimately, like we adjust to that. Um, we definitely have like a structure, uh, especially on Mondays, Monday, Sundays and Mondays are really important just to kind of get the week going. But other than that, like, I mean, we could be up until three or four or 5 AM working on something. And then that will just mean that the next day we're probably not getting up until like 10 or 11. <laughs> or right. more. Um, and then some days we'll be up to like three or four and then have to be up at like eight for something. So it, uh, it staggers for sure, depending on the product. We're um, building something that allows us to be flexible with our lives. And therefore, I think it, it ultimately means that we got to be flexible with the, um, the type of work that we do and how we do it. Um, but we do have, you know, we have an office in Culver City. Um, we try to get into the office by like 10 o'clock every day. But nobody's really like tripping over each other if like you're not there or, um, you know, you had a long night or whatever. So. Um, we just kind of use that as home base, and then we also use you know Playa Vista as as a work a workspace. There's plenty of uh, opportunities to you know work out of some of the restaurants and work out of our apartment. Um, and then you know the rest of our employees like they're all scattered. So we do we we've been doing we were we were really well prepared for uh, a work from home type of scenario that we're in right now, which I know like a lot of people were not necessarily. Uh, uh, equipped or or forecasting so fortunately for that uh we you know we we're like i said we're all from the east coast so we'll constantly go back home for like weeks on end and the business still operates and still moves and everything's fluid so um yeah i think i think uh no no two days are the same but ultimately we're probably working from i'd say 10 10 a.m until like seven and then take a break and then come back at it around like 10 because we're late night guys like where we get a lot of our creativity from um and i know it sounds crazy but there's just a lot of good there's a lot of good opportunity at night with minimal distractions when you're in the in like the client agency world you really take that post six o'clock time frame um for uh for granted when were you born? What month were you born in? I was born in June. I knew it. I freaking knew it, man. I just read this article. It was in Time Magazine, and it was on success. And it's an excerpt from a book, and he talks about larks or owls. So, like, you're obviously an owl, right? Because, like, you do all your good work at night. I'm a total lark. Like, I, all of my, like, big ideas, like, I block off my early morning is for me to do big projects, big, big thought stuff. And I was born in January and they say that like winter months, if you're born in the winter months, you're more likely to be a lark. And then if you're born in the summer, you're more likely to be an owl. That's really interesting. I wonder, is your team, are they summer people? Were they born in the summer? Like was Devin born in the summer? Yeah, he's, he's in August. Yeah. Our other partner is in December, but okay. we're all definitely night owls for yeah. sure. That's interesting. Very interesting. I'll send you that article. It's interesting. It's an interesting study out, out of Harvard. Yeah um cool so that's awesome that you you were prepped for what we're in currently um do you how how do you like meetings and stuff like say you're obviously if you're in the office together do you guys you said Sundays and Mondays are big for you um do you have like a start of the week meeting at a certain time for an certain amount of time or is it kind of just like communication touching base throughout the day yeah i mean sunday definitely is like a sunday night is a super casual like agenda setting um mm -hmm. usually like after like seven o'clock ish you know, grab and have a bottle of wine just like you know set the agenda for the week um and then on monday morning uh is when we have our partner sync for me and my, my two partners, we just go through everything. We check in with each other and make sure we're on, on pace for everything we're trying to accomplish. And then after that, we, we have an all-hands sync with the team. Um, and we go over everything, all the projects that they're included. 
that they're working on and, and give them updates of everything that we're working on, make sure everyone's on the same page. And then we kind of go off and Monday we don't, we don't set any meetings. So we, we try to keep that to be internal, meaning that it's like a week, like it's, it's a way for us to have meetings with ourselves and not with clients. Um, so we can go over anything that we need help on or anything that we wanted to pick somebody's brain on, or even if we wanted to just talk about like building our brand um, specifically, that's the day that we, we, we focus on that. And then do you come back for any all hand syncing like at the end of the week or is that a case by case basis? Friday we will debrief everything. Um, usually like around four, four o'clock ish, yep. three, four o'clock ish, just to make sure like every, there's nothing, you know, is left, uh, like and no open tickets, I guess, are, are left. And we know what we got to do going into the weekend. If that does mean like a weekend sprint, which in a lot of cases it does, um, so that we can plan around like the, uh, the weekend, just, Hey, what do you got going on this weekend? Do you want to meet up? Do you want to do this? Do you want to go grab a bite to eat and talk about that? Do you want to come over? Um, it's kind of where we like just check each other and make sure that like, you don't have anything going on. If you do have something going on, we can work around it. Um, but it's, I think that's like also like an important time to check in with clients and send them like a end of week recap, which we really, we really like to do because we like you know, to be transparent about all the progress that's being made and, and anything that's, that's blocking us before we go into the weekend. Cause we know that we're, we're available, but totally understand that they're not. Um, so we just want to make sure, you know, you, you tie up any loose ends. Um, and then I, I'm assuming you use most of the same communication, but I'm just curious, like what kind of platforms do you use to communicate, um, internally and then also with clients? Is there, what are your main forms of communication? Yeah. I mean, I think we, we got all the usual suspects, um, Slack, Zoom, Google Hangouts. Um, we're a Google Hangouts team, but I know everyone's on the Zoom train right now. Um, only reason we're like, big on Google Hangouts is because we're very integrated into the G Suite. Um, I think the only like outlier in communication right now that uh, I'd, I would assume you wouldn't hear a lot of people talking about um, unless they're in the gaming industry is Discord. Um, and Discord is pretty much like a Slack. Um, it's very similar, but definitely catered more to towards the gaming audience and is definitely a tool that's used to uh, uh, aggregate subscribers and and fans of of a gaming organization or a gaming um like influencer streamer but what the really cool thing about discord is is essentially it's like slack channels but you can sit in it and if somebody else hops in it they they have voice channels then you can just immediately start talking so we have a channel that we just like sit in all day and you have it muted on your end there's two options you can either make it muted so that the other side can't hear you or you can make it deafened where you can't hear either side but you'll hear a sound anytime somebody pops into the room. It's almost like very similar to like a door. Like it's not like similar to the sound of a door opening, but it's similar to that in theory of like you hearing the door open and be like, oh, I wonder who's at the front door. So you hear the sound and you're like, oh, I wonder who's in this room. You open up the app and you see like, oh, it's Devin. Okay. And then I can unmute mine and we can start talking. Or you, if you don't have it uh, deafened and you just have it muted, then you can, they can talk to you right away and you can hear it. So, you know, I'll just be working. I'll just hear like someone pop in and be like, Hey Sean, like, hey. and then I just take the mute button up and Hey, what's up? So it's like, you don't have to, you skip the process of like taking out your phone and calling or right. emailing. It's just like, it's pretty much like you're sitting right next to them. Um, you can walk up to them. It's, it'd be like equivalent to like walking up to somebody with headphones on and like tapping them on the shoulder and then right. like waiting for them to like take their headphones off and be like, Oh, Hey, what's up? What can I help you with? which is like very, um, it mimics a real life setting of like an office, I, I feel like the, the most accurately. Um, and the, the voice is like crystal clear. I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like we're probably a little bit better than what we're on right now. That's cool. I like that because like, you know, we use Slack and, um, but you'll, you'll miss it sometimes, right? Like, even though I've got the Slack open, I'm not checking it. Um, so that's kind of nice. I kind of like that, that you're just sitting in it and then it's just like, oh, hey, I just wanted to ask you this thing real quick instead of like having to pull out your phone or checking for a text or whatever. I like it. 
Yeah, that's cool. Like I said, it hasn't caught on really outside of the gaming industry, but I, I do believe that um, it has massive potential um, during this time. I think if more people checked it out, they would, uh, they would feel the same way. It's definitely a little weird. It's a little bit of a learning curve. There will be a moment in, in your head where you're like, why am I using this if I have Slack? Um, <laughs> you'll realize also like, that they have their strengths and, and weaknesses. Cutting so's uh, beliefs. I, I, I pulled this from your webs website, but I, re I really liked them. And maybe you can just kind of expand on them a little bit. But uh, not all consumer attention is created equal. Every brand needs to think like a startup. First movers advantage is real. Ecosystems push everything forward. There's so many correlate. I mean, I, I love all four of those. And there's so much of that that's true for our business as a company. Um, I'm just curious how you came up with those. And maybe you can just kind of share a little bit of, about all of those for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I mentioned it earlier, like, we were na naive to think that um, like the sports and the music industry um, could be changed, I guess, in the way that it's currently operating or, or at least currently marketing. But the belief of every brand needing to think like a startup, I think is, is a, is a principle that we feel really confident on. Like it doesn't mean you have to change the way that the industry works, but um, speed being at the core of everything just allows you to fail fast and test and iterate and amplify. And I think a lot of people are, are afraid to test things out because they are worried about like what the reception is going to be. And we just really encourage people to, to kind of take that hand in hand with first movers advantage. Um, being that like, if you can be the first one to do something, there's like a level of forgiveness and there's also a level of learning that you take in order to, kind of become a thought leader in that space and make strides to uh, make strides to figuring it out quicker than somebody else would. And I think like that reigns true with like TikTok right now, um, you know, in two components, one like brands that are hopping on TikTok and individuals that are hopping on TikTok or had been, hop ha had been hopping on TikTok in the past couple of years they have experienced some, some insane growth um, and they've been able to market to a new audience and they've been able to learn and they probably had tons of TikToks that failed and, and finally like one started hitting or finally they figured out how to work with influencers or they figured out how to do ads or whatever it may be. Um, so it definitely takes time to like learn things. But if you can be the, one of the first brands to jump in there, like Chipotle, people are going to be talking about you and using you as a case study um, for, you know, the rest of time. Um, so yeah, so I think like those two things right there are probably the, uh, some of our biggest core principles, um, just taking that mentality and, and, and shifting it over to new industries, but also the ecosystems one is, is one that we really feel, um, incredibly passionate about. Um, I mentioned like we're a consulting agency and, and not a marketing agency. And the reason why I kind of go that way is because, uh, a marketing agency is definitely very driven by the bottom line and has uh, operational components in place where they will take like if if you're a company and you do and you need what we do then we're a good fit for each other but the way that we kind of think about it is if you're a company and and you need what we do but you don't fit into the story of all the other companies that we're working with then you're not a, actually a good fit for us because if we bring on um, different, different types of synergies across all of our clients, it actually draws efficiencies across the board. And it allows us to operate smoother and it, oper and it allows our clients to experience growth um, that they otherwise might not have seen um, because we're able to leverage like our experience and our relationship with clients that they have synergies with to um, help propel, help propel and push their initiatives forward. I think that one is, is, uh, is really interesting because it, it again, it, it, it does mean you have to sacrifice the bottom line because time is, uh, is not easy to come by. And if you're taking on a client, they're going to take up your time and the more time that they take up, the less opportunity you have to take on other clients and therefore the less money that you can make. So 
it's just one thing that we really like or really stay firm on is being able to to provide value to everyone that we work with and all of our clients have like met each other know each other exists um ask us about about each other it's kind of like when you have like that like you're growing up and you have like a friend and, and you're like oh like you know asking about them like oh like what's who's your friend like they sound cool like we should we should do something together or we should go here together like it's it's like that it's like oh like i know you work with that client like is there any way you can we can do a campaign with them together or you can make an introduction or we can leverage their product to do this and do a brand collab it's like yeah definitely that's i think what we strive for it doesn't happen all the time but we really like use that as one of the top filters for what we do there's power in that too right like so you're not trying to it's like you're the one then determining if somebody's the right fit for you yeah it definitely flips the script i mean they always tell you like when you're interviewing for a job to try to interview them just as much and um ask them like ask them the same types of questions and i remember like reading that when i was younger and i was like wow that's that's definitely uh, ambitious, you know, to be to go into that room when you really want or really need a job, and then and try to turn around and interview them. And why should I work for you? But when you think about it from that perspective, it's like, it is powerful. It is. It's like, you know, well, we're about to go into a relationship together. Relationships are two sided. Um, why should we work with you? Just as much as you know, why should you work with us? And ultimately like i think that a lot of that power is in our favor because of how we we were set up structurally in a way where we have really low overhead and um you know we do a lot of the work so we have really high margins and that allows us to be selective because we don't have 70 mouths to feed in a huge 25,000 square foot agency um that we got to pay rent on each month um, you know what I mean? And we don't have like a ton of back end administrative uh, bills and software and things that and credit card bills and things that pile up. We, we operate super lean so that we can, so that the power does shift to us in the type of business that we're able to take on. There's a, there's a guy that I read. He sends an email. It's every day. It's every Monday. It's called Monday Musings. His name's David Perel. Um, and his last one was this thing, and it goes back to your thing on speed. And it was a interview with this guy named Daniel Gross, and he said, uh, uh, "Spend like a king on speed, a pauper on everything else. Faster computer, go. Faster internet, go. Better sleep, go. Expensive dinner, stop. Expensive dinner to close a candidate, go. If you can use your capital to move faster, your competitor is taking the shorter flight. Book it." Um, and I think that's everything that you just said. It's like, that's where you spend your money, right? Like you spend, spend the money on speed. Uh, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really great quote. Um, we're, we're incredibly opportunistic and we'll, we, you know, we won't hesitate to like hop on a flight and, and go across the country, like on two days notice to meet with somebody. If, uh, it's, you know, if it's a serious opportunity and something that we're really excited about we won't hesitate to work over the weekend if it's something that we're really excited about and um, something that, you know, we really want to, we really want to make special. And I think all of those things are, are advantage points. Um, I think even like the time that we're in right now is, is, is a huge opportunity because there's just a lot of people sitting around and the same mentality of like working on the weekend when other people aren't and are taking a break. Like, listen, I under, totally understand. Like, I'm, I don't have a family. I, I'm, I don't have kids. I, you know, I'm on the other side of the country from my immediate family. Like, I, I have very minimal distractions. So for me to work on the weekend is a lot different than somebody else. And, and trust me, it's not something I want to do for the rest of my life. But at this time, when I'm trying to really get ahead of everything, it does give me a massive advantage. And it gives us a massive advantage as well um, during you know, during quarantine where a lot of people are just really sitting around where they have like comfortable nine to fives and they're able to like get away with a lot more. Can't really get away with all of that. And also um, definitely like business and times are changing. So we've been busier than ever right. trying to stay up with, you know, stay up with the times and try to adapt and try to be agile and try to be quick and move. And like, you know, we can make really quick decisions. We can could, because of how small of a team we are 
And I think like the more bloated you are, the more bogged down you get with making fast decisions and coming to a conclusion really quickly and, um, you know, taking all of those proper uh, lines of approval. We, we can, <laughs> we can accomplish that in just like a quick little discord chat. Just, just, yeah. Right, 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 right. You, you solve that in a discord chat. That's right. Yeah. And, and I think what you're saying is spot on. Obviously you had already positioned yourself to be able to seize this moment right now, but um, it's certainly something that I've tried to do for myself. And I've, I've said to others that it's like, we have this moment right now and you can either be the person that goes, what did you do during this once in a lifetime experience this black swan experience? Did you sit on the couch and just tell us the shows that you watched on Netflix or did you like, do things to make yourself better? Did you improve the quality of what you have to offer? Um, and you come out of this leaner and stronger. Um, so that's cool to hear, man. For sure. Yep. Um, I'm going to, we're getting a little long in the tooth here. So I just want to, I want to kind of rapid fire some questions with you. Um, when, when you do have access to a gym, what is your, do you have a favorite exercise? Oh man. Um, I'd say like pretty much anything that makes me feel like I'm an athlete again. I know we talk about this a lot. But, yeah. Uh, battle ropes, inclined sprints, bench press, squats, deadlifts. Um, what's that? Uh, what's that exercise called where it's like it's by the uh, by the row machine and it's, it's the pole and then you put the weight on the pole and then landmine, you... the landmine. Mine, yeah, I like that one too. That's a fun one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like uh, I like when we like when we get into when we when we go outside. I like when we come when we come back inside and we kind of like move around from the inside to outside and, and, and hit different stations in a circuit. Yeah, that, that's a beautiful thing about the resort. And you also like I always say that like I train all of my clients like an athlete. They're all at different stages of an athlete. Um, mm -hmm. You're you are. Um, as we say in the uh, sports and conditioning world, like you are twitchy, you're twitchy and you got pop in your legs, which is so much fun uh, for me as your trainer to be able to do things like ramp sprints and to do box jumps and to do broad jumps and to, to do uh, resisted sprints and all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I try to train everybody like an athlete. I train my, my mom like an athlete, you know, her, her cardio may be walking on a treadmill, but it's um, the same the same concept as the body all moves the same way um yeah we talk about that right like the modern day athlete like what's the definition of, of that modern day athlete you know it's somebody that like looks wants to look and feel the part but might may not even come anywhere near it um it's like i wanna i, I like i want to be ready if somebody if i happen to find the time in my day <laughs> to like swing by a basketball court and someone's like oh we need an extra person like yeah i want to be able to fall out still um, I'm not saying I, I play basketball like four times a week and I'm, I'm like trying to increase my, my field goal percentage and, and be able to like, you know, run a full, full game without being winded. I definitely just don't want to like, you know, when as, growing up as an athlete, like you never want to be put in that situation where someone invites you to like play a pickup or something and you just can't, you can't hand, you can't hang with them. That's such a powerful motivator. You're so, that is so spot on, right? Like, so I don't want you to be like in Chicago for an event. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, Derek Rose says, Hey, you want to come play in our game? And you're like, Oh man, I'm, I'm you know, my cardio is garbage. And I, there's no way I'm going to be able to hang. Like you want to be in good enough shape that you can go in there and you can go hang. Um, and then because you're able to hang, what does that lead to for you in your business? Um, yeah. Totally best purchase you've made in the last three months um i would have to say the ipad pro um because it's coming in handy right now just being able to uh you know, use it to to take notes and to design and to um kind of be like mobile in different different places of the uh of, of my apartment also to use it as a second screen is amazing yeah. So I think it was a, it was a preemptive quarantine purchase that ended up uh, in the beginning. I was a little like skeptical on it, and now I'm 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 really happy with it, and I'm finding a lot of different fun ways to use it and organize my thoughts and journal and um yeah it's just 
it's a good one. It's definitely a good one. Best purchase you've made in the last three months for under 50 bucks. Oh, you don't think I'm crazy, but this wine opener is like six bucks and it's the coolest thing. Nice. It's, it's so easy. It's like a, it's like a needle and then you, and you push the needle into the cork and then you start pumping and pumping it. And like after three pumps, the cork just like pops out like a champagne bottle and it's legitimately like I've ne like I actually never want to open a wine bottle up any other any other way than this. I have to send you the link, but it's crazy. Um, it's actually insane to think that people used to open up wine bottles different differently than this. I put it on my story every once in a while and just like show people. Oh my god, I get flooded and everyone's like, "What's the what's the link? What's the link?" It's been around for a while apparently, like like years, but I don't know why um, nobody's ever. I, I don't know how it hasn't caught on more than it, than it is. I, I don't understand how it's actually not the industry standard for opening up a wine bottle. But that's, that one's also coming in handy right now during quarantine. That's like that. <laughs> and also, you just paid for speed, too, right? Like, that's another example of paying for speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, for sure. Uh, I, I love quotes. Favorite quote? Um, my favorite quote has been for a while is, um, actually from one of J. Cole's first first mixtapes he put out a um, long time ago. And it's he says, if, if they don't know your dreams, then they can't shoot them down. And I thought it was really powerful because I think, I think we often get like caught up in telling everybody every step that we want to do and like projecting that, whether it be through social media or through like friends or parents and seeking approval. Um, and I, for me, this is my personal opinion. And I know obviously people will disagree. I don't see, um, too much upside in that because if you want to do it, then, then you should just do it. And the more you project it to the world, the more, um, people are going to tell you all the negative things about it and all the reasons why you shouldn't do it for various different reasons and various different motivations. I just found that like when I would tell people like, yeah, like I want to, you know, get in my car and drive across the country to LA. But why would you do that? Da, da, da. Like all, all of these things are, or, you know, I'm going to leave Atlanta and I'm going to go to LA. Why would you do that? I'm going to leave LA and go to Atlanta. Why would you do that? I'm going to take this job. Why? Like there's always all these, these reasons. And, and of course it's important to like feel, feel out like the people that um, are important to you and get their opinion and, and feedback on things. But um I think uh, to a degree, like I feel really confident with myself and I really feel, feel really confident in, in the decisions I make to the point now where um, really the only thing that matters is that I'm at peace with it and that I'm accepting, accepting of it. And not, you know, nine out of 10 times I find when I make that decision and I run with it, then there's a better response to the out, out, outside world than there would be if like everybody knew about it every single step of the way. I think it's a great point because I've learned that too. Like you go, Oh, I got this great idea. Let's do this. And then everybody like it turns into a whole discussion and then the thing that you had the idea of doesn't get done. Yeah. There's a, there's an expression. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. And that happens obviously like in, in small, like small circles of like, whether it be your coworkers or your family, but imagine like when you start like projecting that stuff to like your, Instagram following or like your your Facebook or whatever it is then you're really putting they're putting so many cooks in the kitchen because you're just opening up you're opening up the whole kitchen like for everybody to come inside and tell you what's what's uh what's wrong with it so um yeah I don't know like I said I know a lot of people like use social media to their advantage and um, I'm generally pr pretty private quite literally private on social media and um, don't really share much about like work. Um, it's really more just for like me and my friends and family to stay connected. But that's just, that's just the way I look at it. But it doesn't mean everybody has to look at it that way. I like it. Um, two more, two final ones for you, real quick. Uh, favorite workout song? Like you're like you know what? I need to go in there and crush it right now. If you don't, if you don't have me chattering in your ear at the resort, and you want to go crush a workout, what are you listening to? <laughs> um 
I have this one song that I, that I like. I like songs that start off slow um, or start off one way and then completely flip the switch because um, I think that when like a song when a song is like has that ramp up period um, and there's like a clear distinction in the song where you know it just turns up, then it allows you to like flip your switch and turn up. So I like the song um, by St. John. All I want is a yacht. Um, and it's, it starts off and he's just, he's singing and it's in, in like an R and B ish way. And then the beat just kicks in and it goes, it goes really hard. And it allows me like, I, I think about like when I'm working out to that song, like in the beginning, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm stretching, I'm shaking out. I'm, um, you know, maybe doing some, some karaoke's or, or some sort of light jog to warm up and then as soon as that beat hits that's when like the sprint comes in that's when like you start pushing and that's when you start lifting like real hard and that's when you hit hit your workout and I, I think that's like um I think that's a powerful like psychological uh motivator in, in music that people underestimate when they're when they're working out is is the change in, in BPM did you would they just I want to say it was University of North Carolina Chapel Hill but they finally quantified it and they put people through a, a, a test and it's something we've known forever, but when they were at, I want to say it was 180 beats per minute um, performance was improved. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's finally been quantified. Powerful. Um, oh yeah. I, uh, I, I believe that for sure. Last question for you. And this kind of goes, brings it all full circle about what you do and where we're going. Like, where do you see, um obviously you love working out at the resort but like where do you see um technology and fitness and all of these do you see these worlds colliding in the next couple years five years where where's it all going a big question yeah i mean definitely i mean it already has um it already was pre-quarantine and and i think that quarantine is going to inevitably correlate towards more in-home workouts and, and I don't know, that's not a hot take at all like obviously that's the most dis widely discussed thing I think right now yeah um but I think people just underestimate like the value of a gym and the value of interaction and, and being with you know your trainer in person and, and, and having that community and seeing the same people every morning and seeing the same people at night or just having a place that you can leave like your home and go to Right now, I, I just like everybody else, I think we're mixing too much together. Um, you sleep, you eat, you chill, you work, you work out, all in the same place. Yeah. And you know, I'm not, I'm not in like a huge, and, and most people in Five Vista aren't in, don't have huge, um, you know, property and places to work out or backyards or um, areas. We all like for sure really relied on, on the resort. And if it wasn't the resort, relied on the parks that are now um, closed. So I think personally, I think Playa Vista is definitely gonna flock back to um, back to the resort and, and back to um, you know the parks. But I can see other people. Um, I can see the older generation definitely uh, gravitating towards in-home workouts. Um, I can see a lot of people gravitating towards uh, technology like Peloton. Um, but I, I'm still really bullish on physical interaction. Um, and personally, I'm looking forward to when, uh, when we can work out together again in person. Awesome. Um, I, I am too, and, I, and I, I agree with you. I think at the end of the day, I think it's um, community, it, it, what you hit on. And I think that's what um, at least we try to do as a company and what we try to do at the resort and that uh, it's, it's community that's so important. Um, well, thank you so much for, for doing this, man. Where can, where can folks uh, learn more about your company or anything that you have going on if they wanted to get some more information on the things that we didn't get to today? Yeah. So cut and sew, you can find it cut and sew.la on everything. Um, and uh, as well as actually our website is cut and sew.la. Um, zoned, you can find on Instagram, zoned gaming with a zero instead of an O in the zoned. And same on, uh, on, on our web, actually our web is zoned.gg, which is like a, 
extension for gaming companies. Um, so yeah, check it out. And uh, if anyone in Playa Vista wants to connect on gaming or uh, tech, sports, music, I know I've met a lot of people here already. Um, had some really great conversations. A lot of people at the resort that I see that we chat about chat about these things um, for uh, quite some time. But always always looking to connect with more people in Playa Vista, man. I think we really need to figure out how to make that happen more. So many good people here um, doing so many cool things, such cool companies that are here. But uh, hopefully we can figure out how to make that happen during this quarantine and come out being a stronger community. That's so true, man. There, you're so, it's such a special community because of that. There's so many unique individuals all doing different things, but kind of all with the same uh, culture and mindset. So yeah, folks, check them out. Um, thank you so much, Sean. It was really good talking to you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. We'll uh, be in touch for sure. and counting down the days when we can uh, get back to the grind. Me too, man. Thank you.